signs and portents. The Holy Spirit, which we celebrate this day, is above all the Spirit of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus poured out for the entire world. And the consequence of that seemingly innocuous statement uh, is, is broad. We can expect the Holy Spirit to do the kinds of things that Jesus did in his time and his place. And so the Holy Spirit is an agent of change, an agent of personal change as we are shaped by what really matters in life, shaped by love for love, and societal change as ever-increasing numbers of people are able to share in enjoying a measure of peace with justice, change uh, by which we overcome boundaries, change by which we begin to understand each other across difference. Jesus said, let anyone who is thirsty, thirsty for justice, thirsty for peace, thirsty for love, thirsty for a better world, let anyone who puts their trust in me come and drink. What we know about Jesus' ministry is that he made clear that the poor and the disenfranchised were included explicitly in the abundance of God's grace available to anybody, and that as he gave this message, conflict followed. Conflict was inevitable, and conflict makes it very hard to discern the work of the Holy Spirit, to be able to know when the Spirit is active. Even on that first day of Pentecost, it wasn't clear whether this was the Spirit. Surely they must be drunk, these weird things they're doing and saying. Some did not see it as the Holy Spirit. So the question in the midst of this celebration becomes, how do we tell when the Holy Spirit is at work? In the realm of personal change, that question has been answered from time to time in the history of the church by looking for the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit in the individual believers, the gifts of the Spirit that St. Paul lists uh, in, in his correspondence with the Corinthians. I still remember being part of a prayer group who were in prayer one night uh, when something uh, extraordinarily mystical happened. I can't really describe it better than that. It was the palpable and particular presence of God as we sat in silence. And within a week, every one of us in that room, about seven of us, had quite independently, uh, or it appeared to be independent of each other, uh, experienced the gift of speaking in tongues and praying in tongues manifestations that became part of the life of this group. But just like on that first Pentecost, it wasn't clear to everybody, especially those who hadn't experienced it, whether this was a good thing. Those of you who remember the charismatic movement in the mainstream denominations in the 70s and the 80s know how divisive uh, many perceived that movement to be as people started to manifest the gifts of the Spirit and, and in effect undermine and call for the renewal of the leadership of the church. God is always moving us out of comfort and into something greater where we can know the broader possibilities of love. It's called sanctification. It's called being made holy. And it's the work of the Holy Spirit, even when it's hard to tell whether or not it is. We can ask the same questions when we look at the work of societal change. How are we to know whether the civil rights movement here or the anti-apartheid movement in South Africa was the work of the Spirit. 
How do we know that the change in women's roles where women can, can live and act and be as free as men? How do we know that's the work of the Holy Spirit? It seems almost heretical to ask. It seems so obvious to those of us who have come through those, those trials and those changes even as we keep working for them because we know that when everybody is free, we are all more free. We know that salvation for me is bound up with salvation for you and vice versa. But much of our society is still resisting change with respect to gay and lesbian people and do not know that this is the work of the Holy Spirit. In fact, claim that this is the work of the devil. It's conflict deep and real. People both sides claiming this is the work of God, knowing what is and what isn't. We need to pray for our Lutheran and our Presbyterian friends as their communities are being torn, as ours has been in the past, over these deep questions of right and wrong. How are we to tell whether this is the Holy Spirit or not? Is it possible that the Arab Spring is a movement of the Holy Spirit? Even in the midst of bloody conflict, is it possible to tell? And why might I ask about that and not about the work of the Taliban, who clearly believe that they are on the side of the angels, restoring purity to the faith. I was not truly afraid of the Taliban until I realized it translates as seminarian and had an image of seminarians trying to rule the world. And then I, <laughs> then I was frightened. <laughs> but the first answer is that many of these movements, we look at to see if what Jesus did is happening. Are people being liberated are the outcasts being included? Are the poor who by tradition and definition outside of the possibility of God's love, are they having good news preached to them in such a way that they can be more empowered without creating enemies, without creating scapegoats? Movements toward religious purity, almost all fundamentalist movements, uh, always seem to create enemies always seem to be dependent on clarifying that we are in and you are out. And is that the work of the Holy Spirit? Is that what Jesus did? And I would say, no, it's not. That's not the work of the Spirit. And the second way, so the first thing we do is we look at what Jesus did. And we say, do we see what Jesus did happening? And then we look at the second way as we do the discernment sort of after the fact we recognize the work of the Holy Spirit once it's happened. We test all things and hold fast to that which is good, as Paul wrote to the Thessalonians. And we discern the actions of the Holy Spirit, not only by seeing they have the kind of effect that Jesus had, but also we can be assured of the Holy Spirit when we see the fruits of that work in the world and in our lives and in the lives of our friends. Paul wrote to the Galatians, the fruit is love and joy and peace, forbearance and kindness, faithfulness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. When we look and hear the stories of our friends for whom, with whom we stand as they seek to be accepted members of society, free, standing up, able to love and be loved, just like anybody else, part of the society rather than outcast? Do we see the movement of the Holy Spirit? The answer has to be yes. I've been enjoying 
Eric Larson's uh, latest history. It's called In the Garden of the Beasts. And it's the story of a history professor and his family. William Dodd was appointed ambassador to Germany in the 1930s from the University of Chicago. And the story is his and his family, in particular his daughter's Martha's, awakening to what was really going on as Hitler came to power, particularly with respect to the Jews, the persecution of the Jews. And, and initially, he, in common with many of his friends, had a tendency to blame the victims for their persecution, suggesting that perhaps the Jews really were a bit prominent, were bound to make enemies, kind of got what was coming to them, perhaps. Just sort of fudged the issue, didn't really want to deal with it. And at one point, his daughter Martha has a conversation with one of her lovers, a Russian diplomat and a likely spy, imaginatively named Boris. <laughs> and in an effort to suggest that her family had deep roots in America, her father was, after all, writing a book on the history of the Old South, she mentioned that both her families, both her parents' families, had at one point uh, owned slaves. And Boris was rather shocked at what appeared to be her pride, to him appeared to be her pride in this particular piece of history, and, and asked her about it, said, surely you don't take pride in that. And it, it awoke something in her that began to change her own view. She said, no, I was really just talking about our deep roots. And then she started thinking about people a little differently. This is all in the context of increasing persecution of Jews and outsiders and gypsies and homosexuals. And Boris said to her, he said, I too am also of ancient lineage, even older than yours. I'm a direct descendant of Neanderthal man. <laughs> and pure, yes, pure human. And they, Larson said they collapsed against each other with laughter. Laughter rather than condemnation and enmity. Challenge born out of love, leading to change, to hopeful possibilities. Truth revealed in ways that unite and build up rather than separate and break down. No need for power struggle when everyone wins. No need for fear and enmity when love is present. Are these not the marks of the Holy Spirit at work? Is that not in one way or another, the story that every one of us can tell, or at least for which we yearn? Is it not that for which we thirst? Jesus says, let the one who puts their trust in me come to the well of the Holy Spirit. Put the chalice to your lips and drink deeply that you too may share in the promise of the gospel of peace. In a time of silence and prayer, invite you to pray that the Holy Spirit will fall upon us anew this day and in the days to come. Let us pray.